good evening. Welcome back to Studying in the Word with myself, Minister Michelle Carter-Douglas. Today is January the 24th, 2022. Amen. Tonight's Bible study, we will continue out of chapter one of the book, Thinking Outside the Plantation, written by myself, my two sons, Patrick M. Douglas, Rylan Douglas, and my daughter, Arlesa R. Douglas. Last week's Bible study, we went over the importance in incorporating RAID, which is recognizing the signs of mental and philosophical plantations, abolishing the mental and philosophical enslavement of the spirit and mind, ignoring the taunts of the adversary by calling on our Lord and Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through prayer and supplication. And fourthly, desisting, desisting the continued behaviors of the enemy's plantations. On tonight's study, we will look into the use of slavery and its definition. We will be uh, taking in some nice vocabulary words and some scriptures, and together we will break those chains. We will be back after this break. If you or a loved one is in a crisis, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Again, at 1-800-273-8255. Starting July 26, the U.S. residents can call 988 to be connected to a lifeline. This information was found online and brought to you by Studying in the Word with Minister Michelle Carter-Douglas. If you or a loved one is suffering from abuse, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. Again, one 800 799-7233 or text START to 88788. This information was found online and brought to you by Studying in the Word with Minister Michelle Carter-Douglas. Welcome back to Studying in the Word with myself, Minister Michelle Carter-Douglas. Right now, we are going to get into the use of slavery and its definition. So if you will grab your books and turn to page 17. The use of slavery and its definition. The submission to a dominating influence or the state of an individual or individuals who are considered a chattel 
of another is defined as slavery. A chattel slave, also defined by Merriam-Webster, is an enslaved person and their generations to whom are considered ownership forever. I consider generational public assistance a form of chattel slavery. I will further explain this theory later in the book. I am not passing judgment on anyone receiving public assistance. While writing this book, I'm currently on public assistance. I am trying to get off this plantation myself now because I want more for my legacy. The dominating influence that lingers around to bring God's people into the submissions of sin and turmoil is the devil. When we are enslaved with the negative thinking and oppression, it becomes harder to think positively and praise the Lord. The devil is a liar and will no longer remain, and we will no longer remain his slaves. Now, let's take a look in 1 Corinthians. If you grab your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 21. And again, I will be reading out of the NIV uh, version Bible. Amen. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you. Although if you gain your freedom, do so. Now, when we look at that scripture, what I get from that scripture is that at one time, somebody may be in bondage of something. Some people are in bondage uh, to overeating. Some people are in bondage of uh, the feelings of inadequacy. Some people are in bondage because of bitterness of, of how people have treat, treated them. Some people are in bondage for telling lies. Some people are in bondage in putting people down. And then others are in bondage by being oppressed. Whatever is enslaving us, we can break those chains. As Tasha Cobb says, we can break those shackles as Mary Mary declares, and we can become free. As I shared here uh, about public assistance, I am blessed um, because my mother, uh, she was not on public assistance. She may have been at one particular time, but um, my grandparents, uh, my great-grandparents, um, my one great-grandfather on my father's side, G.T. Wilson, was a free slave and he owned numerous 
businesses, um, was a millionaire. And so um, he continued to work. Um, my grandfather, uh, John O. Wilson, was employed with the uh, Sharon uh, Steele. Um, he was a World War II veteran. So he was not on public assistance. I think when the mill shut down, uh, my uh, grandparents uh, may have got some assistance when it came to uh, shoes, but I have to check that out and get that story correct. But um, thank God in my family, it was not that generational public assistance. Um, I will say officially it started with me. Um, being in certain situations in my life, low self-esteem, um, suffering from depression, it was hard for me to keep a job for a long period of time. I worked a lot, but I worked a lot of different jobs. So I, I was not at one job for like uh, 10, 14 years or more. Um, I was at various jobs for certain length of times. And then uh, during things that happened in my life, um, being uh, in a domestic violence uh, uh, marriage, the loss of one of my children, um, being stalked, being treated unfairly due to my race, uh, you know, in my hometown, certain things in my life um, just increased my anxiety. But I had to take control of that. And I had to come to the place to where I don't want my tormentors to continue having victory over me. I'm a child of the Most High God. I am beloved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus came to this earth to do, to free, of, to free us of any and all bondage. So when you look at uh, public assistance, some people on public assistance feel that they cannot do anything other than that. You have some people that are on public assistance and they end up getting a job and then all of a sudden uh, their assistance is cut. They're having to figure some things out. Then they resort right back on it. So I don't want my legacy on public assistance. So it has to start with me breaking those chains. And I'm here to say it is hard. But I'm also here to say, you can do it. Let's go further into slavery. And uh, we are now on page 18 of your books. Slavery is used to make an individual feel helpless and less intelligent through oppression and dominance. We often feel as though we are weak. This is found in Exodus, the first chapter, 8th through the 14th verse. 
This is the emotional quicksand that I have written about in my prior book entitled The Prosperity Project, Restoring Your Inner Peace After Abuse. Let's get ready to turn our books to Exodus. That's the book of Exodus. And it is uh, chapter, sorry, chapter 1, verses 8 through 14. That's Exodus 1, 8 through 14. And a new king to whom Joseph meant nothing came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they build Pithom and Ramesses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and work them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor and brick and murder and with all kinds of work in the fields and all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. What does that remind you of? You see, we are oppressed not because of our weakness, but because of our strength. When the adversary and those that allow the adversary to use them see our potential, see our strength, fear. In current times, you know, in, in certain areas of the world, Hard labor like that, slavery, is, is illegal. They can't do that. So what they do now is the emotional. The emotional. They emotionally will deprive a person. And we'll get into that in a later chapter of that. Why it becomes such a spiritual warfare. I want to share something. There was an individual on my social media page that has a very ill spirit about them. He was nice at first, but then he started to say things to uh, attack my self-esteem. He said that 
nobody would listen to me because I don't have a degree, which anybody that reads my bios and understand, I'm a college graduate of Youngstown State University in uh, Youngstown, Ohio, but that does not make me better or worse than anybody else. I'm here to say, I don't care if you have a GED. I don't care if you have a high school degree. I don't care if you currently have dropped out of school and you want to go back. I don't care. Because degrees do not define a person's wisdom nor intellect. Okay? And then because I'm a minister and I have my own ministry, um, he goes on to say different things about um, he's not with a, uh, he's at a church and uh, if he says something that's wrong, uh, a pastor or someone in the church could sit him down. That that's That's the adversary because God builds you up. Why do you think that you're doing something behind closed doors that's going to need for someone to sit you down? The Holy Ghost within you should sit your own self down. If you are doing something wrong, should not your own conscience play a role? You know, so I'm listening to this and I had to tell him, devil, get thee behind me in the name of Jesus. Because I know who I am and whose I am. But I could not do that. I would not be able to speak up for myself like that. 20 years ago, five years ago, probably not even five months ago. It takes time. Whatever you are going through in your life, it is because you have found favor in the eyes of God Almighty. I want you to remember that. As we uh, okay, next um, we have the dominating influence that lingers around. Oh, I'm sorry, we read that. I apologize. If you recall emotional quicksand, I defined it as to when our real emotions such as courage, fear, contentment, anger, happiness, or sadness, prevent us from moving forward in life. When that happens, we tend to look back on our past. Looking back will only form that pillar of salt. This is found in Genesis chapter 19, verse 26, which is the emotional quicksand that's a bondage and used by the adversary. Yes, emotional quicksand is a bondage that is used by the adversary. And let's go uh, look at Genesis chapter 19, verse 26. Let's turn our Bibles there. Amen.
And you know what? We're going to go to 24. But those of you that know it, uh, that was the situation to where um, Sodom and Gomorrah was uh, to be destroyed because of the sexual immorality and the wickedness that was going on and Lot, his daughters and his wife, um, and also the daughters, uh, husbands were supposed to leave, but they did not. Um, and Lot's wife was supposed to leave, but she did leave with him, but ultimately she did not listen when Lot told her, God said, we're not to look back. You know, so we look at Genesis chapter 19, verses 24 through 26. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife, looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Sometimes when we are trying to evolve and emerge off those plantations, we become curious of if the person recognizes us leaving, if we are missing something and we look back. And then we keep those cycles going. I know there's a gospel song, um, uh, Cycles. I'm going to look up uh, who sings that song. Um, it's a gospel song, Cycles, a beautiful gospel uh, song. And that's Jonathan McReynolds, Cycles. Beautiful song. So we look at that. And we have to, when it's time for us to move, we have to move. We can't afford to be stagnant. We can't afford to sink. You understand? We're going to take a break and we will come back uh, with a lot of uh, more information on what exactly about this emotional quicksand. And we'll talk about uh, some of the testimonials that are out there already about breaking chains and breaking those sacks, uh, breaking those shackles. Amen. Thank you so much. Welcome back. Welcome back to studying in the word. Amen. As we uh, continue in our study today, we see uh, when bondage and captivity are used so are used, so many real emotions are encountered. Imagine how the people who were enslaved felt. You are being made to serve someone who treats you less than human. Then your family and close friends are subjected to this inhumane behavior. 
that helpless mentality has been birthed. Through emotional quicksand, there are shackles bound to your feet. With those hopeless hinders, such as running from or to your fears, unaddressed anger, depression, sadness, those chains are now weighing you down. The adversary now begins to feel superior and behind closed doors, he sits and grins. As Erica Atkins Campbell and Tracina Atkins Campbell of Mary Mary declare, we are going to remove those shackles from your feet, quote, those shackles that have us afraid of spiritual growth will be removed in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Those chains that have us weighed down, like Tasha Cobbs Leonard affirms, beginning quote, every chain shall be broken in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, end of quote. Our children and our next generations deserve our legacy. There is no reason to remain in poverty. No one has to continue to rely on government assistance. We are born with a purpose, and that purpose is spiritual prosperity. Found in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We all have God-given talents that are blessed by God. The enemy doesn't want you to achieve prosperity because he knew he threw it away. He enslaved himself with envy and jealousy. Now he wants to enslave God's people out of animosity. His jealousy and venom are the chains of slavery. His vengeance and lies use slavery as the foundation to the mental and philosophical plantations. How? Let's take a further look. Next, uh, next episode, we will get into the study of slavery as the foundation on the mental and phys- philosophical plantation. Thank you. Amen. For now... Uh, Before we end the study, we are going to look up the scripture, Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. But we're going to take it a little further. We're going to take it a little further, and we're going to look up Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 8 through 11. Amen. And again, I'll be reading this out of the New International uh, Version Bible, but you could use whatever language uh, translation that you so choose. Amen. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and the diviners among you 
deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to you to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Amen. You see, God created us not to falter, but to prosper. He knows what he uh, wants for us. We have to have faith and just hold on. And when anybody is trying to discourage you, it's because they have a fear for you. They, 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 they're afraid of you. They're afraid of you. And the next scripture that we're going to look uh, and, and read is Romans, the eighth chapter, verses 28. That's Romans 8, 8, verses 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Amen. Praise God. The Lord, thy God is good. And I want to thank you all for participating in viewing these podcasts. It means so much to me. Uh, blessings to each and every one of you as we close with prayer. Heavenly Father, we truly love and adore and thank you. Father God, we just give you all the glory and the praise. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you lift everyone up. Lift everyone up of your children. Father God, provide safety for those that call on your name. Be the blanket of protection over our children. Be the blanket of protection over our parents. Father God, strengthen those that need strengthened. Encourage those that need encouraged. Father God, those that are on the job working, Father God, provide them with strength. Those that are building their own companies, oh God, provide them with strength as well. Father God, we know that your eyes are upon us and you watch over us every moment of the day. Before we go to sleep, oh God, we just ask that you send our protection angels to watch over us as we sleep. Father God, everything be in your will. We pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This we pray in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. Good evening, brothers and sisters in Christ.